Okay. It's funny. When I was talking to you and I'm going through, you know, all these different points and subpoints and whatnot, I'm kind of looking at your eyes, and it was just like what happened with the doing life with your adult children. I felt like I was speaking to eighth graders about sex and dating, because um, you're like, ah. I don't want to make you feel bad. I truly don't, because it's really hard right now with digital. But what I'm realizing is there's a lot of parents who don't know how to set those boundaries. In the previous session, I asked them, how many of you received good, positive, healthy sex education when you were growing up? And one person went like this, like <clears throat> half and half, and no one else in the room had received good, healthy sex education. And then I said that the more positive, value-centered sex education kids receive from home, the less promiscuous, and by the way, less confused they'll be, okay? Well, the same goes for this. Unfortunately, you're the first generation that has to get this information, okay? Because my gener I didn't get this in my generation because I didn't need this, right? So at the end, I kind of needed it, but we didn't know what to do. So what's happening is in parenting today is it is a bit more complicated because today, if we're going to think about that guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life, we've got to be thinking about um, how are we going to, what are we going to do with this, this whole digital thing? Because it's not going away. And, and we have to walk a fine line because the fine line is, do I become a big ogre and never let my kids be online? That's not going to work, by the way. Do you know, anybody aware of Patrick Henry College? It's a uh, college for homeschool kids, they're getting crunched because the kids were the one group that probably didn't have much online ability. And then they go to Patrick Henry and it's a, it's a Christian school and whatnot, but they're going, it's crazy because these kids are just going wackadoo because their parents didn't teach them to learn to discern. Okay. So now, you know, if I, if I send something bad to you, do, do the clock so I know I'm, I'm good here because we're doing the time clock thing. But so I want to talk about porn. And the reason I'm going to talk about porn in this is because it's so prevalent, and the average kid in America today, if they're a girl, is going to see porn. And you can Google me on this and look at this. But if a, a girl in America is going to see porn somewhere during her 11th year of life. A boy is going to see porn somewhere during his 10th year of life. But what you can see is it's skewing down. When I first started speaking about this, I was actually saying 11 and... 12 or even 13 for young women, but the world is changing. So I feel like one of the things I can do for you today is equip you when it comes to the issue of, of porn. And it's, it's interesting because I looked at what I spoke on last year. I realized some of you were, would have been here, some of you not. I spoke on confident parenting. It was a parenting, a parenting strategy. But I did a little bit of, of something on sexuality, and I actually did mention porn, but not like I'm going to do here. So the greatest distributor of internet pornography, as I said, is this thing right here, and it happens at age 11, we'll say, okay? And it's with girls and guys. So we as parents, this, this caught us by surprise. So we don't know what to do with, with this because your kids, who are great kids, think of your innocent, beautiful children, I mean, who are younger, who are the younger kids, you guys have the younger kids, there's a pretty good chance that they're going to accidentally see porn because that, it's there, it's prevalent, it's everywhere. So I want us to understand what addiction and escalation means, okay? So there's five points to this. And first of all, kids are going to view porn, okay? It's called the five stages of escalation and addiction, and they're going to view porn. 
So when kids view porn, their mind takes a picture. And to be honest, when their mind takes a picture, that hormone called dopamine goes into action, and it's actually a pleasure to see porn. Okay. Now, you may think it's gross, and maybe you've never seen it because you're in a, a, a stage where some people at your stage could have not seen it. Okay. For me, the first time I saw porn or a sense of porn was a magazine when I was in eighth grade. Okay. What was the magazine? Playboy. No. Na Hustler. No. National Geographic. It wasn't a porn magazine, but it was sort of porn because what I saw was, I saw this lady, it's not a pretty picture, but she was in the Amazon and she was barefoot. She had a skirt on. She had no top on so I could see her breast and it was not really what you'd consider um, a beautiful picture. And she had a cigarette in her mouth and she was holding a spear. And that was my first picture of ever seeing a woman without a top on. Okay, so I'm in my 60s and guess what I can do? I can recall that picture easily. So think about what kids see today because there's more movement, there's different things, and that's what they're experiencing, okay? So they view porn. Women view porn differently than men. So on the viewing of porn, men look at, you know, the woman that I saw, or they look at people having sex or whatever. Women view porn. Now listen, I'm still using the word view, but women will view porn They'll, they'll look at something and go, okay, well, you know, that's weird. And they're getting more and more like guys. But they like to go into a chat room. Their name is Lindsay. And they go, now I'm Ashley at gmail.com. And now they'll have conversation or they'll read pornographic material because they're actually, I mean, frankly, I was talking about this last night. You know, women understand intimacy more than men. And intimacy means connection. So their porn is connecting to some make-believe. It's still fake intimacy. But it's actually, actually scarier. As we study some of the women today, we're actually more concerned about some of the young women who are doing this. The young women who are moving to a trans situation or lesbian situation because they were looking at lesbian sex online. See, And so, or they were talking about it. I would let you do this to me. I would let you do that. To, so, so viewing porn is a big deal. So you don't want your kids to see porn, but they're probably going to see it, Okay. Then it moves to addiction. Now, this is um, something that's actually pretty simple to say, and it's probably more complicated than I'm going to make it, but addiction just simply means I want more. So kids view porn, and then they go, you know what, I'd like to see some more of that stuff. And they know where to get it because it's out there. I mentioned TikTok, okay? I mentioned YouTube, and you can see some porn, okay? Now, that's more soft porn, but soft porn leads to, you know, harder stuff, okay? So... Then you, you, you are basically, you get addicted pretty quickly, meaning just simply, I want more. Then it escalates. So what you saw a few times, you now want to see more. So it goes back. People who are addicted to porn tell me that what happens is they'll get up in the middle of the night, they'll go into the bathroom, and they'll take their phone, and there's a new email or a new account from their Twitter account or whatever it might be, and they'll look because they're just that addicted to it. Okay, so it escalates, right? Then you get desensitized. So what was gross two months ago is not gross now. So you would never think of seeing homosexual sex in porn, but now you're going, I wonder what it would look like if two guys did it or if two women did it or oral sex or whatever it might be. I'm sorry if this is offending you, but it's just, I'm sorry, we've got to talk about this. So what we see happening today is that kids are escalating, they're being desensitized, and then they want to act it out. So you first act it out in your mind. Now, you've got a five-year-old. We're not talking 
about that for your five-year-old, but we're getting you prepared to talk about it because we're going to have to help you think through this because it's going to happen soon. Okay? So they want to act it out. First, they act it out in their mind. Sometimes it'll be looking at porn and having a masturbation experience. None of these words you thought you were going to hear this morning. Um, and then it's, they finally want to act it out. So a lot of first sex experiences today aren't mushy in the back seat of a car. They're actually taking the porn that they saw and trying to copy it. Now, believe me, you, I mean, I am backing off like crazy on some of this. So this is, the, I'm telling you, this is true. So what you've got to be able to do is, you know, have some concerns about this because you want to help your kids. One of the reasons why I just went through that whole piece for 35 minutes was because of this. So you got dopamine going like crazy when people see porn. And it's a pleasure hormone. All pleasure is not good. All pleasure is not bad. God created pleasure, but he didn't create this kind of pleasure. So what do you do when somebody says, my child was caught viewing porn? In this room, the majority of you at one time will have your kids see porn. Now, some of them won't be caught. Some of them will just say, oh, my gosh, look what I saw. Okay, but here's what I say. Number one is don't freak out. It's exactly the opposite of what you want to do. You want to freak out, but don't freak out. I know you want to. It's our natural reaction to panic, um, but too much emotion and anger will only complicate the matter, and it will probably shame them, and they'll close down. Take a deep breath. Realize it's not the end of the world. Um, most kids will view porn, and um, they're not going to become sex offenders or addicted to porn. But save your emotion for your pillow, for your spouse, for you know, slamming the door, whatever you want to do. And so with your kids, just simply don't freak out because you need to be the safe person for them to talk about sexuality with. And if you freak out and if you break the computer or you put them on restriction for the rest of their life, you're not safe. Because you care about them becoming responsible more than you care about what that action was. You're not here to raise obedient children. You're he here to raise responsible adults who make good choices. And so, yeah, they did. Okay, enough's enough. I'm not saying that you don't do something. You're going to hear this more. Then make it a teachable moment, number two. What I mean by that is, honey, you've seen this now. It's God created sexuality. God created sex. God sees it as good in the context of marriage. The Bible even says that, you know, God created male and female. And now you're beginning to teach healthy sexuality. In the context of marriage, sexuality is beautiful, okay? However, what you saw was fake. That's, they're faking it. That's a movie. They're faking it. It's not even real, see? That's not what you want to look at. What you want to do is you want to do it God's way. And then you begin to teach them God's way. In fact, I was thinking, I had all these books over here. But I was thinking, like in this book called How God Makes Babies, this is for six to nine-year-olds. But, you know, you go, you know what, honey? And if a six to nine-year-old saw it, honey, um, do you know a family that's expecting a baby? And then you're going to talk about it. And then you start with something like God's plan for families. And so now you're teaching God's plan for families to them. It's not this. It's not this pornography stuff. It's this. Here's God's plan for family. It actually starts with the scripture. Man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Now, you're not going to help a six to nine-year-old understand that that's actually talking about sexual intercourse. Jesus is speaking about it, by the way. United means to bond. Okay. Um, a husband and wife, you know, share their love in many ways. Every little girl is born with a vagina. Every little boy is born with a, a, a penis. So what I'm saying on that is 
your kids are confused. The kids who are in the youth group are confused. Sure they are. But their parents never talked to them about this kind of stuff. Every little boy is going to grow up to be a dad. Every little girl is going to grow up to be a, a mom. See? But then, and lastly, is just this one. These two kids are going like this. So it says, if anyone else tries to touch your private parts or ask you to touch their private parts, tell that person to stop. That's why those kids are going like this. No matter who it is, even if it's a friend or someone in your family, they are not allowed to touch you in any way that makes you feel uncomfortable. If this happens, tell a grown-up you trust right away. Sharing your private parts is uh, something to save for your husband or wife when you are grown and married. That is part of God's wonderful plan. So God gets a part of this deal. See, So now you're teaching. There's positive things to teach them. If your child is eight and we're suggesting that you don't really talk to kids about some of the all the birds and bees stuff until like 10, um, but if they're eight and they've seen porn, you talk to them about this because you want to teach them this stuff. At six to nine, you be the safe person, see? So that's not me moving away from the porn thing. I'm just saying, honey, it's not that. It's this. And so make sure that your kids are getting healthy sexuality. Create consequences within reason. Remember I said, don't freak out, but yeah, no, they stumbled upon porn and it's truly accidental, then make that consequence pretty small. But if they're into porn, then again, you're going to have to, you know, take away their computer, take away digital. You're going to have to, you know, do web filters, um, take internet connection out of their bedroom at all costs, you know, all those things. I get it. You'll have to do that, but do that within reason. And then go back to teaching positive sexuality and then find resources that can help you. I'll give you two quick ones. Uh, one is called Covenant Eyes. I love Covenant Eyes. It's Christian. Um, it's not like super preachy, but covenanteyes.com. It'll give you lots of resources for your kids, for you, if this happens to be a problem with you. Um, they've got a web filter that you could actually use. I challenge people when their kids are really young to have web filters, and then it kind of grows. I challenge people never to give their kids at a young age their, a cell phone and say, this is your cell phone. You start by saying, this is our family cell phone, and you're going to go out um, you know, because you're going to be at, at soccer practice, then you have the phone. Make sure you don't lose it or you're going to have to pay for it. Um, and then you can text me. But that phone does not have internet access for a young one. As they get more responsible, they begin to earn the right to have the phone more. You see what I'm saying? You don't just hand a kid a phone. Just because their friend, all of my friends have a phone. Who cares? You're not trying to be parent of the century for them. You're not their best friend. You're the parent. So that you can still be loving and kind and, and generous, and they don't have to have that phone. So Covenant Eyes, and also Homeward has great resources called Pure Foundations. It's the only time I'll brag about us, but I just love our Pure, pure Foundations. I mean, we've got you know, books for three to five-year-olds, six to nine. Um, this is Purity Code's most often used. This is translated in 15 languages at least. This came out in uh, Persian, of all things. So anyway, the Purity Code. Um, it's kind of funny that it's in like Iran. Um, but anyway, good resources for that kind of stuff. And then um, prevention is better than waiting. So this is why I want to look in your eyes, all of you, and go, no, I know it's uncomfortable. It's going to be awkward. So have awkward conversations with your kids. You can have, if they're three to five, it's not going to be awkward. It'll be awkward for you. It's, it's not awkward for them. Okay. Six to nine, it gets a little bit more awkward for them, and they're going to laugh and talk about pee pee and, you know, whatever. But it's not for you. It shouldn't. I mean, it will be, but it doesn't have to be. Be that safe person, because if you're not the you, if your parents didn't talk to you, where did you, who did you talk? You didn't talk to your parents about sex if they didn't talk to you. So 
have that conversation without being preachy and luxury. And then remember that the multi-billion dollar industry is targeting both boys and girls. I watched a couple of you when I mentioned the girl pornography thing, you kind of went, whoa. Because we oftentimes put it only with boys. It's today, it's boys and girls. Make sure you understand the brain chemistry with porn. You can look all this stuff up, okay, because I want to get to the Q&A. But again, it, it's so, so key. Even with porn, and this is just me saying this, and we'll get to the you know, questions pretty quick. But um, it, I looked at a study this week, by the way, and uh, it was on popular, it's funny, I, I, if people could see what my Googles look like, but behaviors in popular porn, 90% of the 304 random scenes that this university looked at, not a Christian, um, uh, later, as they looked at that, nearly always responded to pleasure. So they see pleasure with porn. So that's what kids are going to equate. Women would beg their partners to stop only to acquiesce and begin enjoying the activity. So what it was saying was these people were being aggressive. The men were being aggressive to the women. They would say, stop. Now remember, this is a movie. So why, why do we think movies are going to be real? But they would stop and then they would enjoy it. So you see what I'm saying? It's actually very demeaning to women to women, um, and it looks to kids who are watching this that if it was painful or with aggressive behavior, things like that, that the women acquiesced and it then became pleasurable. So what did I say about kids? 70% will see it accidentally, okay? So how does that make you feel? <laughs> right? But here's the good news. All studies show, and I said it already, all studies show that the more positive, value-centered sex education, dealing with things like porn, dealing with the digital world, but all of that is so much better when, and kids will be less promiscuous, they'll be less involved in the negative stuff, they'll be less confused about their own life and their, and their sexuality, because we're talking about porn, but they'll be less confused, period, if we hold on to some of those kind of boundaries. Now, there's so much more, you can't, in this short of time, you can't go through all of creating a media safe home, honestly. And we started with me just kind of going rapid fire and we kind of ended in a little bit with that. But my hope for you is that you begin to create you know, boundaries that will help you. And what I've given you um, at the very end of your, in your notes, and these are not, these are not mine, I, I took these from uh, my friend Gary Chapman and, uh, and a co-writer of his uh, named Arlene. And uh, so it's a quiz. Does your child have too much screen time? You can take a self-quiz here. Another quiz, is your child addicted to video games? Because remember, I said video games aren't all bad. It's just if you do too much of it, it does stuff to your brain. And then here's a, a, a screen-safe family pledge that I really like. Now, again, I'm more for, the, for what I showed you with the contract, which is earlier. But these are good things that can kind of help you um, as you go. I didn't feel like it, I knew I wouldn't be able to, you know, talk about everything with creating a media safe home in this kind of home, in this kind of time period. So what I decided to do was try to give you more that you could just kind of look on your own. So this this piece becomes more important than some of the pieces that some people might hand out because this might be something that you could adjust. And back in my student ministry days, I created something called personally tailored discipleship. And what that meant was there were kids in our student ministry. Some were ready to memorize Philippians, and others couldn't 
didn't know where, how to spell Philippians. I get it. That would be us too. And so we started t- doing personally tailored discipleship for where the kid was at. With you, with the age of your kids and with the amount of digital issues and things like that, um, you know, you kind of can create a personally tailored by some of the stuff that I've given you. So this is kind of some homework to do as well. Um, but I'd much rather, you know, I find that you know, when we do the Q&A stuff, that's even more effective than hearing some bald-headed nerdy guy speak. So let's, let's do it. And then uh, I'll also hang here if you have some questions or tomorrow I'll be around. So if you, if you, you know, come, if you want to tell me something or ask me something about uh, kids, glad to do it. We're going to sit here. Okay. You guys are such good communicators. Thanks, Jim. I mean, so are you. So um, can we give it up for Jim real quick, just for sharing all that? Uh, we're going to enter into a little bit of Q&A time. Uh, we received some of your responses, and um, we definitely think that there's questions worth going through and, and worth um, addressing. That being said, we know it is 1157. If you have little ones in kid care that you need to slip out and go grab, um, you won't offend us. Just want you to know that that um, is an option if you need to, to slip out before we get through some of these. But um, Jim, I just want to say thanks for addressing some of those technology adjacent issues. That was one thing that Jordan and I talked about in some of our, our prep for the Q&A beforehand of just um, we know you're a wealth of knowledge and that you have so much on so many things. And um, technology can seem so narrowed, but when we really begin to think about how does it affect our sexuality, our, yeah. the anxiety in this generation? Right. That's so important. That's a great, you, I don't know if that you just came up with that, but that's an awesome phrase, adjacent, because yeah. it's, it's with everything it's like that, and it is with this, too. It's adjacent. Absolutely. So, yeah. It's, all, it's all connected. So I appreciate yeah. your um, just willingness to kind of step yeah. in into that. Um, the first question that I have for you is just kind of, um, there's a lot of very practical stuff you gave with the media guidelines for different ages and things like that. Um, and I know, again, as a parent of a young one, I'm taking that and thinking like, okay, this is great for me um, as I'm kind of starting out this parenting journey to really institute some of these things. And so my question around that would be, um, what would you say, how would you recommend parents in the room address um, as, as kids get older, and this is very countercultural mm-hmm. and their friends aren't, aren't doing some of these guidelines, or maybe there's parents of older kids in the room that right. want to institute some of these things, but maybe they, they feel like, yeah. well, I'm already late to the game. Yeah. Um, how would you address some of yeah, those? Yeah, it's funny because we, we address that in our seminar, mm-hmm. and I always say, I, get a, I usually get a laugh because I'll go, hey, if you come home tonight and you tell your 16-year-old, we're taking your computer and your phone out of the bedroom and we're, you can't have it after 10 o'clock and all that, your 16-year-old's not going to go, thank you so much, Mom. This is, you're awesome. Your 16-year-old is going to have a fit, right? And so I think it's important that, back to the personally tailored thing, I think you begin to introduce, hey, you know, I've been thinking about this more, and as a family, I think what we're going to do now, and I know this isn't going to be popular with everybody, but, you know, your, your mom or your, your dad or whoever you're, t- who's ever talking, you know, we're going to do this too, but we're going to put the cell, do little ones, take baby steps. We're going to put the cell phone at dinner. We're not going to hold our cell phones, okay? Um, and we're going to try something for two weeks. For two weeks, we're going to all take our phones out of our bedroom at night and we're going to dock them here in the kitchen and we're going to see how that goes now you'll some you'll watch your kids you'll know if they're addicted to it by if they sneak their phones okay um, i have a friend he, he has a phd in social media okay they can actually get this and uh, he has four kids and he has he and his wife so they have six phones they dock them and there's and i work with him sometimes and stuff and he um he'll text me at like 10 30 at night 
And I'll go, where are you? He goes, in the kitchen. <laughs> he goes, I hate this rule. <laughs> but you know what? It's a great rule. And his kids kind of forgot that it's not, so then they expanded it. So I take baby steps. Also, I mean, if your kid is 17 and they're seven hours on, you know, doing social stuff, even they know seven hours isn't healthy. So go, you know, can we, can we work on this? Let's try five. And, you know, let them change it, you know, slowly but surely. Five's too much, in my opinion, but it's better than, better than nothing. So there, there's not hard and fast rules. I mean, there are hard and fast scriptural principles on things. But they're also, in this game, man, there's just not hard and fast rules. I'm more concerned about brain development. That's great. Thanks. Those yeah. baby steps are definitely yeah. important to keep in mind. Of course. Um, this parent said, we have gotten blowback for strictly limiting media, including no phones yet. Are we creating a forbidden fruit situation, and is yeah. that still okay? So kind of asking, like, yeah. is my child going to become more rebellious if I, you know, end up helicopter parenting them? Yeah, yeah. Well, rigid parenting leads to rebellion. And we Christians can get too rigid. And I think we don't want to take away every access to digital until they go away. I gave the illustration about Patrick Henry University. But my point is, is if we, our job is to teach our kids to learn to discern how to be responsible. And if we're going to do that, we're going to have to give them the opportunity slowly but surely to, to um, like say, social media. Eventually, they're going to have to get on social media, but you need to be their friend, and you need to, to share the passwords, and you need to have some of the rules, you know, like not talking with strangers and things like that. So it, you're going to still teach them how to learn to discern that. It's the same with sex education. If we don't, if we don't have any conversations with our kids, they're going to figure it out at 18. You did, you know, sometimes. Sometimes not good. Be the safe person. So I don't think we're, you know, when we parent with, on this case, we can either be rigid and put our or put our heads in the sand and just allow them to do anything, or we can really, with a goal, teach them to learn to discern. And so we have to become, what is that? What, the reason I did that age thing was because I want us to begin thinking, what do they need at certain ages? Okay. But I think we're tending to go too young because everybody else is allowing it too young. So, you know, when your nine-year-old is saying, I'm the only kid who, has a, who doesn't have a cell phone, that's probably not true, but it probably is closer to true than we think. So we have to say, you know what, honey, in our family... We have a family phone, so now you're going to get a chance to try this, but it's not, but, you know, in their mind, it's their phone, right? But I think we just have to be careful with that. So I think it's a great question, you know, all in moderation, but do it, for goodness sakes. Teach them. Your job is to teach them by the time they're adults how to um, have done it. Will, will they do it perfect when they go to college? Maybe not, but at least you've taught them. If you teach your kids healthy sex education, are they going to do it perfect when they go away to college? Maybe not, but you've done your job then. We haven't even done our job in the digital world because we don't know what to do. Thanks, Jim. Um, next question is just like, you mentioned earlier the importance of, you know, in a digital world, still having social and emotional connection and, and healthy social and emotional children. Um, online friendships are something that is very prevalent, very common, whether right. that's online gaming, social media platforms. Right. How, how do you address that? What, yeah. what do parents well, do about those friendships? Well, you're going to have to understand, I was talking to the Doing Life with Adult Children, I was talking about millennials and Gen Z, they, they uh, view technology as a part of their life. 37% um, since the pandemic, 37% of people met online who got married. Okay, So that may be foreign to a couple of you, but it's not foreign to a new generation. So game, you have friends when you game. And some of them are their good friends. You have 
uh, you know, you are chatting. My daughter Heidi just said that she, her, one of her best friends lives in New York, and she goes, oh, we talk every day. And I go, you talk every day? To me, I'm an adult, duh. So I'm thinking, they get on the phone and they talk. She goes, Dad, we text, we DM. I mean, come on. So, but that, she still has relationships. So that's a deepened relationship. You look at porn. Some people take you through a very deep, intimate relationship through this. It's still not face-to-face. So you can't replace the kind of friendship that you can have online with face-to-face interaction, being in the children's ministry, being in youth group. That's face-to-face. That's, so so those, it's two different types. One is more intimate. I, I'm, and yet you can be very intimate online. But I'm more intimate when we're you know, in the youth group, when we're hanging out, when we're having fun, when we're all going over to Chick-fil-A or whatever it is. Those are important parts of growing up. Parents are allowing their kids to spend too much time only having those other kind of friendships, okay? But, or some will go, well, that's not a friend because you just do it online. Yes, it is a friend. It's, it's, it's a friend. They describe it as a friend. It's a friend just because you don't think it is. Awesome. And our final question is, what is your greatest concern regarding technology in our youth today? Yeah. Well, I have two. One is... I mean, you just heard all my greatest concerns. I'm freaked out by it a little bit. But you know what? Another concern is that we have some of the same issues that they have and that we are going to not have as good of connections with people, whether it be our spouse. Uh, We do an event called Refreshing Your Marriage, and and, uh, my friend Doug uh, Fields, his talk last year was treat your spouse like you treat your cell phone. And then he gave a whole talk on how we cuddle our cell phone. We look at it at stop signs. We do all these kind of things. You know, it was awesome. But my concern is that we're going to miss teaching our kids the healthy things because we're not doing it. So that's one of my concerns. And the other one is that kids, this, if we don't get this porn under control and if we don't get some of the digital issues under control, the world is going to be out. The world's already out of control. The culture is out of control. My goodness, our kids are going to be out of control because they're going to be so... Um, so different when it comes to their focus. It's so, in, they're so involved in the digital world. So those, those two things, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get away from it. I'm, I'm concerned about you and me too. No, thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. I definitely felt some conviction just in my own personal life with how yeah. I treat my technology yeah. and hearing you talking. Yeah. Exactly. We have to set the standard. For, we, for we really do. We have to set generation. the standards yeah. and it's time. It's don't, all technology isn't bad. So some of it's mm-hmm. just going to be the time that, you know, if you put too much time into it, um, you know, Kathy and I look at our screen time, and, um, and part of our screen time, when you're measuring screen time, it's not just, you know, I mean, some of it could be work type stuff, but, you know, we want to we wanna keep it to more of a limit, and it's hard to do. Talk about discipline. It's um, eating one scoop of ice cream instead of all that cool chocolate and vanilla that those guys are going to go eat. They're going to eat gallons today. That was good. Thank you, Jim. Um, We're going to let you guys go, but just to kind of close here and give you um, just some very practical next steps. What can what can we do next? You know, if you're in this room, you're a parent. um, You're here because you want to be resourced and equipped to parent better. Uh, And so Jordan and I both have some things to share just that are coming up um, to make you aware of. 
Across family ministry and, and kids and students, um, our greatest desire for you as parents is that you would raise resilient disciples of Jesus. Not just that you would parent well, that you would learn to use technology well, um, but your, your children would grow up, would graduate high school, and, and go on to be adults who are resilient disciples. And so we want to help you do that. Um, and so if you're a parent of 6th through 12th grade students, I want to point you towards a parent night that we are having um, on December 4th. Um, it's a Sunday night, 6 to 7.30, during our normal NSM time. It's going to be in this room. Um, you guys are invited to come check out everything we do, worship, sermon, all of that. And then once the students go off to small groups, there's going to be about 45 minutes where it's just our NSM staff and you guys, parents, um, where we're just going to get to talk about that a little bit more. Um, and on that, if, if more questions arise today, um, obviously Jim is here and he said he would hang out for a little bit, but whether you have young kids or, or teenagers, um, our Northside staff wants to partner with you, wants to help you um, raise those resilient disciples. And so if there are things you need on a daily basis, if you get a week down the road and you're like, man, Jim really mentioned that, I wonder if there's a resource on that, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We're happy to do that. It's actually a while away, but it's very exciting. Um, this is the first time this is also being announced, so you guys get it firsthand. Um, but on July 14th through the 16th of next year, we are having a family camp. So that is parents are invited to come with their kiddos, um, kids entering kindergarten through entering sixth grade in the 2023 school year. And it's just going to be a lot of fun, but it is a while away. But we just want to put that on your all's radar, and more info will be coming out pretty soon. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again. Um, Jim, would you actually mind praying yeah, for the parents I'd, in the room I would before love we to. dismiss? Hey, thank you for coming out. Saturday mornings were tough. When you guys came, thank you. And honestly, just from your church, your church is doing amazing things. What they just said is so amazing. And what they're doing in marriage ministry and your just the way your church handles family ministry, I get the privilege to be, a, this is what I do. And this is what I teach um, when I'm teaching churches to do family ministry. And I'm blown away by Northside. I really am. Um, both times I've been here, I've just been blown away by the words that they use, how they're connecting with you, the opportunities that you have. So um, I hope you give a shout out to all of these people. And Nate, thank you for your leadership on that um, very much. Anyway, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this uh, time. Um, many of us feel inadequate and under-equipped when it comes to digital. And uh, we know it's here to stay. And we know some of it is just horrible. And we know some of it is so good. And we use both. And yet, Lord, we're thinking about our kids. We pray that you would give us the wisdom and the discernment and the strength and the courage and the boldness to uh, make good decisions and help our kids learn to make good decisions. May they be faithful followers of Christ, um, even in their digital world. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.